Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Baseball Mental Performance Mastery Podcast with Kane and Casey. And super excited that you're going to join Sean, the mayor, Casey, and I to talk about mental performance in baseball on this podcast. Now, the first seven episodes, you're going to hear me refer to this podcast as Coffee with Kane and Casey. And that was kind of the name that we gave it when we first got started. And then as we were going through it, we kind of came to the realization that yeah, we're having coffee as we do it, but we're always talking about baseball mental performance mastery. So let's just call it what it is. Baseball mental performance mastery with Kane and Casey. We talk about the mental game and what you can do both on and off the field to level up and play your best when it means the most. We talk about routines, process, mindset, competing one pitch at a time, and you get to hear from one of baseball's best hitters. Sean is a lifetime 300 hitter and current analyst for the MLB Network, so we bring on different guests that are playing in Major League Baseball, guests that Sean played with, they're some of the greats of Major League Baseball, and we talk about all things baseball mental performance mastery. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to be on the show with us, you can email me, brian at briancane.com, or if you head over to the No Filter Network, just Google No Filter Network, and when you go there, click on Hosts, click on Brian Kane, and we can get you a ticket to come on the show, and you can be a part of Baseball Mental Performance Mastery with Kane and Casey. Let's get to it and dominate the day. There he is. There he is, the oh. of himself, Zach Sorensen. What's up, man? Hey, what's How up? Doing? Hey, How you doing? How you doing, brother? I'm Casey. How are you, my friend? Doing well? I'm still doing your breathing techniques from the other night, bro. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So good. Good awesome. stuff. It's awesome. This, this is some power on the mental game here. You know, we got the mayor, Sean Casey. We got the phenom, Zach Sorensen. And, you know, you both of you guys have played in an opening day. And since, hey, opening day of Major League Baseball is tomorrow, what's, uh, what's it like as a player starting the season with us? And, Case, let's start with you. What's it like as a player? You've gone through spring training. And now it gets going tomorrow, man. Is that excitement? What's that excitement like? You know what? Opening day, you know, Zach knows. It's it's like you're so excited to get out of spring training. First off, you're like, gosh, I'm so excited to get out of spring training. And then opening day is great because I, you know, I, a lot of my opening days ones, most of my opening days ones, Cincinnati. And there's nothing like opening day in Cincinnati. It is the mecca. It was the Cincinnati Red Stockings. For the tradition is is gone now. But it's, it, I, I think it's it, they should bring it back. The Cincinnati Reds were always always open at home, and first opening day, and so there was a huge there's a huge parade for opening day in Cincinnati. So my first ever opening day, quick, quick funny story. I got traded on opening day 1998 to Dave Fourteen hours. Dave Berger was the number one starter, opening day starter for the Reds, and they traded me as a prospect from the Indians. The fans must have been like, you got to kid me. Like, we just traded our opening day starter the day before opening day for Sean Casey. Who's, like, who is this guy? So it was crazy. I get I get dropped off by the taxi, pulled up, you know, and and I and I come in. First person I see is uh well the first person I see is a naked Pete Harness walking walking by me. I'm like, wow, that's that's a, that's that's not a big league body right there. I don't know what's going on, you know. You know, he was like he was starting game two. So he's walking by, he's like, hey, and then you know. And then he walks by and Johnny Bench is sitting right there. And I'm like, oh my God, Johnny Bench, like, you gotta be kidding me. And Johnny Bench is like, come on, son, you're late for the season. And I was, because I was late for batting practice. I had I just been traded the night, you know, the day earlier. I was coming from Winter Haven, Florida. And so boom, I got I got all dressed up, you know, got, got my uniform on. And I was heading out here to get ready to to um, you know, for the for the opening pitch, like 20 minutes early. And only in Cincinnati. There's an elephant walking by the dugout. I'm like, I'm like, am I at the wrong place? Like, is this opening day in Cincinnati Reds? Why is there an elephant walking by? Well, what happened was Mark Schott back in the day used to let the parade go right through, you know, Synergy Field, Riverfront Stadium. You know, all these, here comes like horses and a car. And, and, and it was all these, it was unbelievable. So that was my first experience ever with opening day. But the, the, the opening days later when I started and stuff was there's nothing like 55,000 screaming people in Cincinnati, just the biggest party you could ever have. Wow. Wow. I love that elephant. Zach, coming <laughs> to you here. What do you got, man? Opening day. You, you got anything that can trump that? Any elephants? Any, maybe any tigers? <laughs> opening day coming in the dugout, man? Just when I went to the circus. But other than that, opening day, you know. <laughs> 
I mean, what a, what an awesome special time. In fact, you know, Kane, we talked about this, but I'm launching my quick podcast tomorrow um, on opening day, and it's titled "Every Day Is Opening Day." And, and I think the wow. message you want every day you want to get across is, I mean, you, Case, what you were just talking about right there is the emotions, the excitement, the, the energy. And, you know, our job as a player is to have that type of, of energy, emotion day in and day out. But but uh, the thing I think is pretty cool about opening day is you go into day one. No one has gotten you out all year. You know, you, you're unbeaten, man. You know, you haven't lost. You haven't made an error. No one's gotten you out. And, and uh, you know, if you can find a way and you can tell me how you do it, Case, but how do you find a way to carry that momentum, that energy, that excitement through through 162? How do you do it? Wow, man, that's a, that's a great, you know, that's a funny thing, Zach, because I remember, you know, I remember being in Cincinnati one time, you know, talked about open day was such a big deal, boom, here comes the excitement. I remember the next day, 60,000 people, I remember the next day, we look up, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, it was like a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, whatever open day was, there's like 12 people in the stands, Adam, <laughs> Adam Dunn and I are running our sprints before the game, and he looks at me and goes, only 161 to go, Case, and go, yep, buckle up, brother. It's time to get after it. Like, and that's the truth. The reality is, man, you wish you had that adrenaline and that excitement from opening day because it's like, you know, Zach, it's like nothing else. You, It's so easy to get up for that game. You know, it's so easy when they introduce your, your name before the game and you're coming out for opening day. But when game two comes and you realize you got 161 to go, now you've got to go in. You know, now you've got, really got to go inside. Like, you don't have 60,000 fans going nuts. Now you really got to go in and say, okay, what's going to motivate me every day to get out there and get the job done? I think that's the big thing about playing in the big leagues. Like, if you're able to do that, you're a big league player. If you're not, you're in and out. You're, you're here and gone. Mm, yeah. I love that. And, you know, in case I know the last last call we did, you know, you one of the things you said that I that I have been in kind of building off of, I thought was so good as you talked about how you got to stack, you got to you got to take chips, right? You got to take chips and put the chips on the shoulder, and you got to find ways to keep yourself motivated through 162, and you got to play mental games with yourself. And I think if anybody watched the Last Dance, Michael Jordan was a master at playing mental games with himself to get him ready to go. They said that Jordan wasn't good at defense; he only played on the offensive side. Next five years, he's all NBA defensive first team, right? And then. When people tell him he's the greatest and he's going to say, well, you haven't seen greatness yet. He's going to find a way to continue to take whatever comes his way and play that mental game with himself to get him where he needs to be. Case, would you unpack that a little bit about like the importance of playing mental games with yourself to get you oh, where you need to be? I, I love that because um, uh, I love that Jordan, you know, last dance was unbelievable. And like that was one thing I kept telling my kids. I'm like, oh, there he is again. He, he's making stuff up in his mind. He's making up narratives. To motivate himself, and that's what he's doing. He's making up stories. You know, I always say the narrative, the narrative is like the narrative of your life and your stories that you make up is the broth of the soup. You know, every time you eat, every time you take a bite, the broth is your narrative. So as a as a professional athlete, what narratives do you create to motivate yourself? I love the other one about Jordan. Was it? I think the guy's name was Brian Russell on the on the Jazz or or. or, yep. or or one of the guys that when, when Jordan had a, had, a, had time off, when he was when he retired to play baseball, and in between that time, I think Russell said something going, "Oh man, I can't believe you retired because I'm the only guy that can guard you." And when Jordan came back and they went toe to toe, he was like, "Oh, I'm going to dominate this guy because you know what? Who does he think he is?" You know what I mean? It was like creating that narrative. I know for me, and I'm sure Zach, you have the same thing. Like I know for me, like I was doing that all the time, like. And those, and then we talked about those chips on your shoulder, um, Kane, was that like, I use those chips. Like they maybe don't work now as a 46 year old grown man with four kids, but they worked as a 23, 24, 25 year old kid, like to go back to the narrative of like, Hey man, you're too slow. Hey man, you're not hitting with enough power. Hey man, you're just not good enough. Hey, you don't look the part. You're not the, you're not the athlete that they're looking for. And I was like, Oh yeah. Well, I'm going to show you and I'm going to show myself and I'm going to, and then, oh, wait, you're facing Randy Johnson, you're facing Red Maddox, you're facing Roy Halliday, you're facing Kerry Wood. No, no, no. I'm facing that pitching machine. I'm going to dominate my process. I'm going to find out how to be the best tonight. Oh, oh, you know, or you're in a slump. No, no, I don't believe in slumps. I don't say that word to myself. That's not my vocabulary. I, I talk about, I got a new process tonight. Well, I know I talk about, hey, the storm's coming tomorrow. doesn't matter who I'm facing. So 
I was always creating narratives in my head to basically say, I need this. I need to, to just tell myself, like, bam, you need that tomorrow. That's a motivation for you to go dominate somebody. Exactly. Did you have the same thing? Did you feel like at times you had to create narratives for yourself and kind of use the chips along the way? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, Case, I admired your career. I got drafted by Cleveland um, in 98. I watched you go through the system and, and it, admired everything about it. I was, when, especially when I got to the big leagues, I was a bench guy. And, and so, you know, I sat behind Vizquel. I sat behind, sat behind John McDonald, you know. Um, Johnny Max. And, and so I got I got there. And so I had to play narratives all day long. So, you know, I'd go a week, two weeks, three weeks without getting at a bat. and I, so for me, it was like, well, that just means that I that, that no one's got me out today, right? So I continually play in these narratives in my mind to keep myself fresh because, you know, as a, as a bench guy or the 25th oh. guy or whatever, you know, when you do get a chance, you either have an excuse or, or that becomes your reason why. Mm. And so I had to keep myself sharp at that time. In fact, you know, this funny, funny thing right here, and, and you'll laugh at this case, my, uh, my nickname, like many bench guys, my nickname was Justin, right? So. <laughs> I was there. I was there just just in case, you know, shot just in case Sean Casey needed a day off that day. That's why. I, uh, but but with that, you know, you take pride in that because, you know, there there is a role. And I think this is something maybe you can get into a little bit, Cases, for somebody who doesn't play day in and day out. How do you stay sharp and how do you continue to? Stay fresh so that you're ready to go when it's time for you. When, when, when they put your name, when they put you in the lineup. Zach, I'm excited for your podcast, man. We're going to have to break that down and, uh, and make sure that we, we share that here with everybody on No Filter Network, man. And I think it's interesting as Casey and you guys are talking about how do you stay ready when you're not playing every day? That was one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, I've got a college baseball player who I'm working with, highly touted out of high school. He's in a, he's in a, a top, you know, 20 college baseball program and not getting the playing time he wants. And what would, you know, not getting the playing time he wants and he's, he's searching, right? He's searching for, for answers. And I think the, the concept of creating the narrative for yourself of, of, you know, instead of looking at, well, I should be doing this and I should be doing that and coach this and coach that and this player, this, like, what would you say to this player who's works extremely hard, does everything the right way, is talented, is not getting playing time that he wants right now? What would you say to that guy? I think number one, Kane, is the number one thing that you teach day in and day out is is make sure you're focusing on controlling what you can control. And, and can you control playing time? The answer is no. Uh, you can influence it, right? And I know that's a big thing we've been talking about lately with what we do is influencing. Um, focus on influencing, not on controlling. The second thing, in fact, I remember being in the bunker with Dr. Ken Revisa, with you and myself and, and Dr. Revisa, and he was talking about being a bench guy and how difficult it is to, to not be a daily player and – uh you know, he said, like, for example, that year you had in Cleveland where you had like 35 at bats. And my response was, I actually had 400 plus at bats that year. And he's like, what are you what are you talking about? 400 at bats. And I said, well, every time Omar Vizquel got to the plate, I treated that as my at bat. You know, and so just like you talk about, you go get your mental reps, you get your mental at bats. So Omar Vizquel was playing ahead of me as shortstop. I'd walk down to the to the bat rack. I'd grab my bat, take it down the other side of the dugout. And and here you go. Right. So, you know, if Omar popped up that at bat to the third baseman, I did the same. So I had to deal with the emotions of, of not putting, you know, not putting a good swing on the ball and, and and making that happen for me. So the mental reps did, you know, did it. It's as well as you can do. I mean, it's not easy. It's not hard. And, and oftentimes as a bench guy, your at bats come against, you know, the closer, you know, or, or the games out of out of touch. Out of, you know, out of, you're not going to be a big impact player at the time. However, I think it's important for a player like this to understand that everybody notices and recognizes, first of all, how tough it is. And second of all, what you do in those moments. So, you know, the game's 14 to three, you get an at bat in the eighth, you know, when you get up there and you have a tough at bat and you, and you hit a single or a double and you get that base or you work a walk or any of those things that goes noticed. It does. So, you know, quick story, quick story, Kane, I was up in the, big, I was up in the big leagues with Cleveland. And uh, I went through a stretch, man. I, I wasn't in the lineup. I wasn't playing. And it was a unique situation. The team was transitioning from like elite team, you know, with, with all the names that you know of, with, with Manny and, and, you know, Gonzalez and, and Tommy and all these guys out there. Case was up there. And, and it transitioned to a rebuilding scenario and situation. 
both of those were tough for me. I didn't match up with some of the elite players. And when they started bringing the young guys up, you know, they were, there were some superstars, CC Sabathia, some of these guys were coming through. And so they were going to get their reps and, and, and I was just kind of there. So anyway, they called me in the office. My manager, Eric Wedge calls me in the office and says, you know what? Talking with the general manager, Mark Shapiro, uh, the, the, the concern is that we don't want you to lose a year. And so we're going to go ahead and, 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 you know, they want to send you down to AAA so you can get reps, so you can get at bats. And, you know, my response was, I totally understand and I get it. He says, however, I told them no. And he said, you know, this experience for Zach is an awesome experience. And guess what? We're going to keep him up here because he is getting better every single day. So even though he's not in the lineup every single day, I know that he is getting better every single day by being around the Sean Casey's, by being around the Johnny Max, Omar, Roberto Alomar, those guys. And so, you know, the lesson I learned from that as I was going through it is you can get better every single day, even if you're not in the lineup. I mean, and, and there are times when you're not focused on production where you can even excel in things that you struggle with. So, you know, it's during those times where I really picked things in my game that I needed to be better at. And I had time. It was a blessing. I had time since I wasn't in the lineup for first pitch to go out there and get after it pregame and, and push myself to try to get it better every single day. Well, I think that's one of the keys, right? As we're talking about kind of the narrative and, and, and creating the narrative for yourself, but also knowing, okay, well, what, what is it I can do? If I'm not in the starting lineup and I want more playing time, it's really easy. Like I had the same conversation with two college baseball players, okay? And one of them said, when I'm taking BP and I'm not in the lineup, I, he's like, I'm pissed. I'm trying to hit everything out of the park. I'm, I'm not like as focused because I'm just pissed. I'm like trying to hit everything hard to get out frustration. He goes, and I know that's probably not the best way to do it. The other player says, Hey, when I'm not in the lineup, then when I'm, when I'm in, in batting practice, I take no pitches off. So if I'm hitting and I'm in the cage, every round has a purpose. I'm trying to execute the round. When I come out of the cage, I practice my release. When I'm walking around the cage, I'm practicing my deep breath and my routine. I get in the cage, I work, I hit. He goes, when I'm playing defense, I'm at my position and he's an, he's an infielder, corner infielder. And he goes, and, and there's a net where I normally would play. So I have to move all the way over. So, you know, I, I, I try to set, you know, set it up so that the net doesn't have to be there. Like we move the net and I just have guys thrown to a different spot. You know, I put the net behind the base. Like people are feeling the ground ball. They're not making live throws across the diamond. They're just throwing it to first base to put in the bucket. So we move the net back and I'm playing my real position at first base to get live reps. He goes, I also know that if I'm ever going to have more than one chance to get into the, into the game, I need to work some of the corner outfield positions. He goes, so for other rounds, I'll go out in the outfield and I'll tell all the pitchers, I'll ask all the pitchers just to get back because I want live reps. And I'm not an outfielder yet, but I'm working at it and I want to be that player. So he's taking a much more positive, productive approach to not being in the lineup than sitting there feeling sorry for himself. You know, and I think the, one, the other thing, question I want to ask you guys from a mental game standpoint, because you both have done it at such a high level. You know, Case is, is one of the best hitters of all time. And now, you know, Zach is a guy who who went through and, and was was a utility guy and, and had to come off the bench in a lot of situations and is now coaching at the highest level with the Braves. When you have the player and he says, he says this, he says, Tanner, I know what you're going to say to me. I said, OK, well, tell me the situation. And he gives you the whole situation about being frustrated. I'm not playing and coaches calling on this guy and calling on that guy. And. You know, I'm putting in all this work. I'm not getting the results I want. Blah, 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 blah. Five minutes later of talking to me, listen. So, okay. Well, what would you say to yourself? What, 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 I, what, what was I going to say to you? He's going to say, you're going to tell me to control what I can control and to let go of the stuff that I can't because focusing on things you can't control is a waste of time. And say, okay, that's what I would have said. I go, you know what to do, but you're not doing what you know. And frustration can still exist. So like, He's like, is it you got anything else for me besides control what you can control and taking mental at bats and treating BP like it's the game? Like, and I almost, I, I, what I said to him is that I don't have anything else for you until you're doing those two things at a really elite level because that's the only things that you really can do. How would you guys approach that situation with that player? Case, let's go to you now that you're back. I think this game is really hard when I really think about it. When I think of baseball, I think like, this is really hard. It's a really hard game. And you got to choose day in and day out if you're going to bet on yourself and follow the process or are you going to let the emotional wave of this game bury you? Because it will bury you, and Zach knows, it will bury you on an 0 for 8. I've had insomnia before where I'm, I remember being 0 for 20. I just couldn't get a hit. I felt so 
and I just couldn't sleep. And I got to play the next day. And I just say, like, am I going to continue with the victim mentality of, man, this game's so hard, I can't figure it out? Or do I just bury myself in the process and say, I know I'm grinding right now, but there's light at the, on the other side of the t- at the end of the tunnel. Like, I got to keep going. I got to keep grinding. I got to keep showing up for myself. I, I'm the, and I think we talked about this the other day. I'm the only one in the batter's box. If I can't master my thoughts, I will be, this game will just eat you alive. And so for me, what do I say to that guy? I say, listen, knowledge, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. It's only power when you put into action. So you can tell me all day long, I got to control what I got to control. I got to take a deep breath. I got to think, I got to think good thoughts. I got to change my narrative. That's all you, that's great. You can tell me that, but are you actually doing it? Are you actually taking action for yourself and empowering yourself? Because like we talk about, when I get in the batter's box, guess what? It's me versus me. I better be great at my thoughts. I better be the best mental coach that I have. I better be the best coach at talking to myself in a positive way. And guess what, guys? Like you know, and Zach, you know firsthand, it ain't easy to do. And if it was easy, everyone would do it. And that's what I would say was, hey, man, put it into action. You know what to do. Start doing it. And even if you don't have success, don't let the results cloud your process. The results can cloud your process in a hurry. Don't let it happen. Be mentally tough. Don't be a mental, be, don't be mentally small. Be mentally strong. Mm, love that. Love that. You know, Zach, let's, let's, you, you spent a lot of time, you know, in pinch hit situations as a role player in the major leagues. How, how do you, how do you, when you're coming to home plate to hit and you get called on to pinch hit, you haven't played in three games. And how do you go up there with, being able to be quiet, be calm, be easy, be present, and not be up there auditioning for playing time and putting so much damn pressure on yourself that I gotta get a hit, otherwise I'm gonna be back on the bench. How do you how do you work that? Yeah, I, I wish you would have asked me that, and I could have asked Kate, Case that a long time ago, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> because you do feel like that, you know. It's interesting. Our call we had the other day, you know, Kane, and I wish I would have had this knowledge before. It was the, the Manny Ramirez ten thousand at bat, you know, process. So. You can't make any one at bat your career. That's, that's not the case. You can't. And, you know, you find a way. Everything gets really big, really fast, especially at the big league level. You know, in fact, I get up there. I'm, I'm facing Mike Messina for the first time. I'm the nine hole. You know, I can't even hit my body weight at the time. Right. And, and it's like, why would you throw me a knuckle curve first pitch? Right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not fair, you know? And then, you know, of course you feel like the strike zones, you know, a lot wider than it should be because I'm the new guy, but the reality of it is it's not, it's that the game's speeding up on you. Right. So the only way I was able to do it. And as I went through my career and I felt like I got better as a hitter and it's so interesting. And I wish our players could grasp this. I became a better hitter when I simplified my game, you know? Mm. So I, I basically went up there and I said, okay, well, I can't hit the outside pitch and the inside pitch. And I'm a better hitter when I hit the fastball than when I hit the breaking ball. So I started eliminating pitches. I started eliminating zones, which is another way to say I simplified it. I would go up there and say, you know what? I'm looking for a, at the time, I'm looking for a fastball over over the outer half of the plate. And that's it. So what happens when they throw you that fastball cookie right on the inside part of the plate? I take it. And I'm down 0-1 now, right? But guess what? That's a victory for me because I stuck to my plan. I stuck to my process. And, you know, it, it gets to a point where if you can't buy into your plan, buy into your process, even when things aren't going your way and you're 0-2 every single at-bat, right, Case? Um, you, you still are you still are in the game because you're still buying into your process. Because if I would have swung that pitch early in account, that breaking ball, oh, breaking ball myself, I would have got myself out. So for me, you have to simplify, you have to have a a great understanding of who you are as a player and you have to commit, you have to commit to who you are as a player. So real quick, and I'll let Case kind of respond to that. I'm sitting on a call the other day with the Braves and and we're breaking down the scouting reports of all of these players that we have. They're getting ready to show up to minor league camp. And I'm a really, really big believer in, you know, the, the opponents have a scouting report on me. My organization has a scouting report on me. The scouts have scouting reports on me. The only person who didn't have a scouting report on me as a player was me. And the only person who needed one was myself. And so I encourage my coaches, you know, all of them, college coaches, even my, my guys with the Braves, let's give those reports to our players because in there lies the answers. 
in there lies the truth. So if Kane is awesome to me and, and he's honest with me about who I am as a mental performance coach, he's going to break down my strengths. He's going to break down my weaknesses. And now I know everything I need to work on. And then I can, even if I'm a bench guy, I have something to work on day in and day out. Hmm. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I mean, that's so true. Like being, you know, how many times do we have self-deception too with ourselves as people? You know what I mean? We're always, no, like you want people, you want you want to see the truth. You got to see the truth in yourself at times too. Like, and you know, I think that's so true. Like what's the scouting report on yourself? And like, do you not handle the slider? Well, do you not, do you not like the fastball in, you know, I know every scouting report you go over, Zach, I don't remember like, it was always everyone. You know, hey, nope, this guy doesn't like the fastball up and in on his hands. I don't know many guys that do. You know, what I mean, I, I think when I go back to me, like I, I, I try and tell guys that I work with too. I say, hey, middle in. Like my my son asked me a couple of years ago, his dad, he's like, I'm really having trouble hitting that inside pitch. How do I do it? I said, stop swinging at it because because it, oh. it's a terrible pitch to hit. It's terrible. When you work, what are you trying to work? Like you're off the tee, you're trying to work extension. Like that pitch middle in. If you can do it three times in the big leagues, here you go. Congratulations. That's a great job. But most guys can't. Well, they sure can't do it in high school. And they can't do it in college, right? And they rarely can do it in the big leagues. So it's such a great point when you had Zach, like get to know yourself where I say, I don't love that pitch. And if I got it, if I got to grind later in the at bat and, 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 and make and try and hit that pitch. Okay. I will. Or if I just, I like to look, I like to look middle away, react in. Never look in because I'd lose the plate. So I was the same way. I, I'd like to look out over the plate, something I could really get my arms extended with and stay in the gaps. Did it work out all the time? No. But if I continually believe, you know, th that belief becomes your process. You know, you continue to just stick with it. You know, that, 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 that helped me out so much to understand myself. Like, I'm not good at this pitching here. Every time I swing at it, I got firewood. You know what I mean? Freaking, it's in 85 pieces and I'm freaking burning it after the game. Like, it doesn't work. So, like, and it took me a while to get there to understand, like, I don't have to try to hit everything. I could actually go to my strengths and hone in on it and, and, and try and follow my process, uh, you know, my own scouting report. It's awesome. Awesome. You know, we got uh, a couple guests here inside of the chat. Uh, a couple of people here with us, Chad and Eric, if you have any questions for Zach Sorensen or Sean Casey, please go ahead and post them here in the chat. If you want to come in and join us, just hit the knock function like we do here on No Filter, and we can bring you right into the call. Um, you know, it's interesting as we're moving into opening day. I think the cool part about opening day, which tomorrow, tomorrow is a unique day. Opening day of Major League Baseball. It's the first day of April, and it's the start of quarter two. And I think when you look at like baseball, right? Baseball has the first half of the season, the second half of the season. If we look at life, life has four seasons. If we look at, you know, the year has four seasons weather-wise. If we look at a, a, a calendar from like a corporate standpoint, business standpoint, there's four quarters, January, February, March, April, May, June, et cetera. So I think one of the concepts that really helps people to be productive and we're kind of transitioning here from taking some baseball mentality and bringing it kind of into life for anybody who's listening to this is creating, like, like you said, creating mental games with yourself as a player, but also creating mental games for yourself. Now that you're, you're not playing baseball anymore. When we look at quarter two, April, May, June, 90 days, one quarter of the year. What are some of the goals that you guys have for yourself, Zach and Sean, as you head into quarter two that you say for the next 90 days, I'm going to get after this thing. The next 90 days, this is the storm that I'm bringing, man. What are you guys trying to get after just with where you're at kind of in life now? What's big for you in the next 90 days? Go ahead, Zach. Oh, yeah. Pass it on to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, one thing that I've loved about what you guys do day in and day, you know, I can't always be on these calls, but I, I there's so much content out there. And every time you listen to an episode of this or, or whatever is going on out there, you get better. You do. You do. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer and you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And most of the people I spend time with, I haven't even shook their hand yet. And, and guess what? That's OK. But one, one of the calls you had the other day, Kane, that I, I had, a, had a chance to listen into, the word came up invest about 12 times in that call. And I think we spend a lot of time investing in 
situations or scenarios or whatever it may be. And so my challenge to people is to figure out how you invest your time. And then what came from that is it came, it was, it was interesting. They said, the way I become happy is when I invest in my teammates. When I invest in my teammates, I have fun playing the game of baseball. And that, that hit me pretty hard. And, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm with the Braves right now, but I, I don't, I don't go in uniform and I'm not out there in, in the, in the batter's box competing. However, you're in life with people day in and day out. And I really want to focus on investing in people. Okay. And, and that's deep because I want to get to know them at a whole new level. Because when I can get to know them at a whole new level, uh, then I, and, and I really can care about them our whole relationship changes. And I think I'm going to get fulfillment from that. And my hope is, is that they do as well. So for me, it's invest in other people. So Zach, if we were to kind of take, and maybe case this is the game that we play here is when we think about what the goal is we want to have for quarter two is Zach, it sounds like if you were to take one word and say, okay, this is my one word to simplify the goal. I want to invest in quarter two. Is that right? Yes. I want to invest in quarter two. And then from there, as you know, we always, we reverse engineer that. Okay. That's my end goal. So how am I going to do that? Right. So, so for me, I'm going to start putting out content for them because I think that's going to help them. So I talk about leadership a little bit and I, and I, when I teach my coaches or I have a chance to be around my staff, I say, you know, leadership is what the, the, the buzzword is. We need to be leaders in our life. Well, how do you do that? I feel like as a player or the players I have a chance to work with, they need three things from me. They need to know that I care about them. They need to know that they can trust me. And they need to know that I'm going to make them better. Okay. Now, if I can get one of my AAA players to buy into those three things, we're going to go big places with him and he's going to, his, his buy-in is going to be good. But those are the three keys that I try to do. So yeah. So as I, as I go back to that, well, how can I get this individual to trust me and how can I make that happen quickly? You know, how can I, how can I, how, how can I allow them to know immediately that I'm going to make them better? Okay. And then, and then of course, you know, how, how do they know that I care about them? So. Those are the three things that I focus on day in and day out. And, and some players, it's harder to get to uh, when I'm coaching. But, you know, people know when you care about them. They do. They, they can see it and they can make it happen. If the content's there as well, they, they know that you're going to make them better. And then trust, you know, you guys know how to tackle trust. But I think those are three keys that I try to focus on as I reverse engineer, invest. That's what I'm focusing on. Awesome. Wow. Zach, a great, great book that I've read that I'd highly recommend about trying to build trust is, is called The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey. And he talks about how, how do organizations build trust more quickly with their customer base than others, or how do people as leaders build trust as quickly as they can with the people who they're serving and who, and who they're, they're leading. I think that's something that you, you would dig, man, the speed of trust, Stephen Covey. So, so invest. Let's go to Sean Casey. Sean, goals for quarter two, one word. What do you got? Uh, service. You know, it's, it's amazing that it's amazing. Zach, I mean, I literally was in the same ballpark as invest. Investing in people, you know, my son the other day um, is my son Jake's a senior, and after the first game, one of the dads came up to me, whose son's a sophomore. He said, "Hey, man, I just want to tell you, like, your son has really impacted my son. He, he, he you know, he's always talking positive with him, and he's really making him feel like part of the team, and it's really given him a great experience, and it's made given him more confidence and all that stuff. And it was it was just a great learning experience for me because I went." And, and, and I talked to my son about it and I said, hey, listen, at the end of the day, being a leader is the golden rule, you know, treating people the way you want to be treated. You know what I mean? Like, you know, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, like making people feel, man, this guy cares about me. This guy's invested in me. This guy trusts, right? I trust this guy because he actually, you know, you connect through people through emotion, right? You start to get people, you start to get emotion into people, right? People will fight for you. They'll go through walls for you. That's what a leader is. And so, like, for me, it's the same kind of thing. 90 days next year, whatever it is, for me, it's like, who can I serve today? Even if it's my kids, like, you know, even if it's making breakfast for my daughter or whatever it is. Or, you know, it can be as big as going to a soup kitchen. It could be as big as coaching kids. But it could be as, as small as uh, saying yes to, to go uh, play basketball with your daughter uh, out on, out, out, outside, whatever it is. The mentality of service, the mentality of caring, the mentality of compassion, all that. So I, I'd like to I'd like to think that, you know, daily I'm looking at who can I serve today? If you cross my path, you will be served. And like 
that's how I kind of think of a bigger picture of like a, you know, a, a godly picture or a, or a, or an energetic picture of like, man, I'm so grateful and fortunate to even be in this life and to be what I'm doing, do what I'm doing. Who, what impact am I making today of service to somebody? That's how I kind of, that motivates me daily. Hmm. Love that. Love that. And, um, it's funny, you know, you talk, you talk about God like case. And one of the things that made me think about was, was serenity prayer. And it was really hmm. interesting. There, there's a CrossFit athlete, uh, a guy by the name of Matt Frazier. And Matt Frazier, you know, did a master's degree at the University of Vermont and was an intern in the strength and conditioning room there. And he's been, I don't know, a three, four, five time world champion in CrossFit. And he, and he, he spent a lot of his life in Colchester, Vermont, where when I was a student, when I was a student at the University of Vermont, I did my student teaching at Colchester High School. So we've crossed paths a lot. You know, I've not met him uh, personally yet, but I was, I was reading an article about him the other day. And as the fittest guy on the planet, one of the tattoos that he has on his shoulder is the serenity prayer, you know, and it says, God grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change. Yeah. Give it to us. Give it to us case. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And then, there's, and then there's, and then there, and then there's even more, you know, and then there's even more. My, the serenity prayer was big with my mom. I don't know. She was always, she always would, you know, she had that when we were growing up and, you know, I even have it on my, my daughter got it for me for Christmas on these three stones. So it's just a wonderful prayer, you know, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom of the difference. It's just an unbelievable, unbelievable prayer. And there's, it's even longer too. There's a, there's a longer version of it that's even greater. I don't know the whole version, but I know that the basic serenity prayer that most of us know. And, and I mean, it, to me, it's, it's, when I read that, I'm like, dude, that, that is the mental game of baseball. That is the mental game of baseball, right? Is accept the things you cannot change. Have the courage to go to work on changing the things that you can, you know? And if you yeah, can do that, like, if you can do that, that's, that's mental toughness in baseball. What can I control? What can't I control? Let go of the things I can't and let me go be diligent about working on the things I can. Cause just because I know what I can't control, the next step is you got to go get it, man. You got to go get after it. You got to go put the time in and the investment. It's like this mentality of, you know, three frogs are sitting on a log. Let me throw this one at you, Zach. Three frogs are sitting on a log and one decides to jump. How many frogs are left on the log? Right? Three. In case he's going, well, no, Kaner, you said there's three frogs on a log and one decided to jump, man. There's, there's two frogs on the log, dude. What are you guys talking about? And, the reason why there's three frogs in the log case is just because the one decided to jump doesn't mean to jump. Just because you know controlling what you can control and letting go of the things you can't doesn't mean you live it. And that's mm. the key is, is you have to jump. You have to live it. You have to play mental games with yourself and create that narrative for yourself. But then you have to take fucking massive action. And I think that's one of the biggest differences that people think is they go, well, yeah, I know this. What else you got for me? Nothing, because you're not doing what you know. That's the key. Yeah. I, I love that, Kaner. And, and uh, you know, I had a chance to speak with one of the players that, that I worked with last year in, in the big leagues, and he, he had a pretty good turnaround last year. And I asked him, what's the biggest thing that we've done in the past, you know, eight months that we've worked together that has been a game changer for you? And this goes back to something that Kane taught me and I passed on to him, which is just a daily well, better how. Okay, So every single day after his start, we would, we would break this down. What you do well? What do you want to do better? And how are you going to do it? And this allows him to focus on the things he can control. And here's what's cool about it is, okay, what did I do well? Well, you know, I, I pitched really well getting ahead of guys in the count. It's really well with that. What did you, what do you want to do better? He's like, well, actually, I, I pitched well, so I didn't get to work out of the stretch today. Well, how are you going to work on the stretch? Well, tomorrow when I throw on my side or whatever I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm going to work out of the stretch. And, and so it goes back to this process, controlling what you can control, focusing on, on having a plan day in and day out. And, and again, perspective is process. Um, and, and so, you know, Break that down a little bit, uh, Kaner. Like, how, where did you come up with Well, Better How? And, and, and why is that so important for players? Yeah, I mean, I, I, always, I always went through what, what I would call the start, stop, continue. You know, and the start, stop, continue, Well, Better How are both the same thing. They are reflection processes. And if we think about what I call the three-step success cycle, prepare, perform, reflect. As athletes, as people in general, we prepare for an event, we perform the event, and we get right into the next preparation for the event instead of pressing pause to reflect on what we just did and say, let me extract the learning here. 
And the learning process I used to always use was, what do I got, based off of how I just played, let's say in this opening opening baseball season series. So let's say the four game series that we play. Coming off of that, what do I got to start? What do I got to stop? What do I got to continue moving forward? And I used that for a long time. And then one of my friends, Tyler Pazik, said, hey, have you ever used well, better, how? I said, no. He goes, it's the same thing as start, stop, continue. It's just a different question. He says, ask yourself coming off of the same four game series, what did I do well? What do I want to do better? How am I going to do it? And I just thought that was, I thought they, they were both really, really good. So for myself personally, I sit down on Sunday and I do a reflection on my week and I say, okay, this week, and I look at my way of life success checklist and basically the analytics on my behaviors for the week, my success checklist and go, okay, what did I do well? What do I want to do better? How am I going to do it? And I use that making my game plan for the next week. And then every morning as part of my success journal routine, I'll literally say off the last 24 hours of my life, what do I got to start? What do I got to stop? What do I got to continue? So a well, you know, a well, better how might be on a weekend. Hey, had a really good connection and quality time with my wife this week. Um, and we exercised together five days a week. That was well. What do I want to do better? I got to get better with my nutrition. I got to get better with my sleep hygiene. My sleep was crap. And I was on vacation in Cancun and my nutrition was tequila and tacos. Good, not great. Right. And then, and then what's my how? My how is uh, I'm going to map out all my meals in advance and know what I'm going to eat. I'm going to have a shutdown routine with the goal being off electronics eight, in bed at nine out of bed at five and sweat before screens and continue to exercise. So that would be like a weekly well, better how. And then a start, stop, continue. Like this morning from yesterday was was start scheduling your calls after 7 a.m. so that I can exercise in the morning. I had my first call this morning, I think at six. And it's just, you know, I got I to push them back so I have that time for me in the morning because I'm just better during the day when I work out first. Um, the The stop would be bringing my phone into the bedroom. Bad habit. I don't normally do it. And when I do, it's bad because I'm on it all night looking at different stuff, whatever it is. And then the continue is the continue is going to be doing my journal, you know? And <laughs> so that's kind of a reflection there that how I use well, better how and start, stop, continue. And Eric Burns makes a comment here in the chat about wait till you have kids. And I'm assuming when I have kids, it'll throw everything off, but I don't have kids yet. So I can, I can be routine and structure. And then, and then when I have kids, I will stay with the routine and structure and then I will adapt and adjust as necessary. You know, so that's nice. going to be, that, that would be my, that'll be my plan. Um, you know, and I think one of the things I said coming off of the vacation of a well, better how was I want to, you know, and, and Bernsey did a, a challenge, you know, uh, last thing was a 30 day challenge and a fitness component. And one of the things I said, I'm going to do starting, starting now and going through the month of April is I was supposed to have the St. George half Ironman Zach, where you live in May and uh pull out of that. Aaron has a high national championship hockey tournament that we're going to go to. I want to support her in doing that rather than do this triathlon. You can do a triathlon anytime, but you know, get to play for a national championship, all that off. So we're going to go do that instead. And I said, okay, for the month of April, here's my physical challenge. And I'll encourage and invite both of you guys to join me on this. And it's, it's every day. Okay? Every day is a hundred pushups, a hundred pull-ups. And then every week is a hundred miles bike. However, you slice, slice it up for the week. And during the month, you do a hundred miles on your feet, whether it's running, walking, whatever it is. So the way I'm chopping it up is I'm basically throughout the day doing 10 sets of 10. Like every time I go in the bathroom, I'll come out, do 10, 10 pushups, grab the bar above the door, do 10 pull-ups. And then I will run three miles a day and I'll bike 15 miles a day. I do the 15 mile bike in the morning. It takes me about 45 minutes on a Peloton. I do a three mile run at night. Uh, it takes me about, you know, anywhere around 30 minutes. And if I can be consistent, cause the goal is always consistency, right? If I can be consistent with that over the course of the month, I'll get to where I want to go. So it's a reverse engineering exercise. And then the other two pieces in there are no alcohol and no caffeine. And the hardest one for me, 100% will be no caffeine for the month of April. And, but it's interesting. I'm three days in, I'm on day three of no caffeine and I actually feel more clarity. Uh, I feel more, more, uh, present, you know, and, I'm not going to live this way forever, you know, but for this month, I want to challenge myself because I want to see if I can be reliant on myself. If I want to be, can be disciplined and accountable with myself. And my one word for quarter two is, is going to be what I call eight. It's actually three words. It's accountability, process, and energy. So I want to make sure I'm accountable to follow through and do the things I said I'm going to do and accountable to my plans and have the accountability to follow through. I want to have processes for how I live so that I can try to get as much done in a little time as possible. And I want to invest into energy as much as I can, because I think we're all playing the energy management game. And if we have the energy, we can do whatever it is we want to do. 
if we if we if I did the pull up challenge, can I use those big thick black bands where like they like bounce you up like? Yeah, thousand percent. Case you just got to modify, man. Modify as necessary. You know, look at Sorensen. Right he's got he's got the blister. We're going for it, man. Blisters. Oh yeah. Wait, you've been doing the 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 Caner challenge? Oh yeah, just since what two days ago? But that's yeah, yeah, for sure. Only two, yeah. only two days in case we had a little bit of a warm up as we start actually officially tomorrow in the month of April. But hey, we had a two day warm up. If you want to get in, now is the time, man. The time is now. The place is here. I, I think I do want to. I don't. Can I? Those pull ups are definitely. I, I don't. I can't do pull ups. Like I'm like do the band. I'll, throw the band on. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna get a pull up bar too. I, I got some things to work on, guys. Yeah, but get, it, it's get, interesting. Get the bar. Yeah, Bernsey's kind of, you know, chiming in here saying, you know, bad idea, this type of stuff. The reason why he says it's a bad idea is because you have this all mapped out, you know, three miles a day. Bernsey's just going to go do it all in one day and it'll be done the rest of the month, right? Yeah. So, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a mental game question based on what you're doing. So you said, you know, 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups every single day, 100 miles on your feet in the month, 100 miles on a bike per week. No caffeine, no alcohol. And then you said the hardest one for you is going to be no caffeine. Now, when you look at that list, that's actually the easiest one to do. So why at times in our lives will we commit to like the big thing, right? We will commit to bear down to the big thing, but the small, maybe little habits in our life that may be slowing us down a little bit, we're like, no, we don't go there. But I think it's, it's, it's the hardest thing for me. Right. That that might be the easiest thing for you, especially if you're if you're a Mormon and you don't drink, you know, I mean, so that so the or you don't take caffeine. So I think it's different based off of the lifestyle that people live. Like the easiest one for me is to do the push ups and the pull ups because I don't I can do it anywhere. I can do it in an airport if I need to, you know, the uh, the pull ups, maybe not. But you find a way if you have to modify, you modify. But I think I think so many times we, uh, you know, we 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 take. We, let's, like I use caffeine. Caffeine is a supplement, right? So I take it habitually instead of out of need. And if I'm driving and I'm falling asleep, I will say, okay, can I pull over and take a nap right now? Probably not. So I always have caffeine pills in my car so that I don't fall asleep because I typically get sleepy when I'm driving. I hope not putting the cart before the horse here and calling my own death, you know? But the uh, but having the pills in the car, I need because if I'm getting sleepy and I got to get somewhere, I'm going to take whatever I need to take to get the job done, you know? But I don't want to be reliant on it. I want it to be something um, it's become too habitual for me. And I was talking to a really, really world-class nutrition coach the other day. And this is, this is a, a big motivator for me too. Burns, you hear me out here is in this guy's world-class nutrition works with about half of the NFL. Um, and he will, he will take a, get a blood sample, send you a kit, tell you what lab to go to. We should all do this. You could take, send you a blood sample. You go to a lab that he recommends near you. You get, you draw the blood sample, send it back to him, him and his lab process it. And they have 200 markers that they're looking at in your blood that are related to nutrition. And then he will help you custom create a nutrition plan based off of what you get back from testosterone and all the other stuff that goes into it that I can't even call that I don't even know. But testosterone is a big one for me. It's all the micronutrients, not the macro fat, carbon, proteins, all the micros. And then he not only will custom say, hey, this is what your meal plan should be, but he's got a team of chefs that will make the meal plans and ship it to you if that's what you want to do. So there's, it's, it's foolproof based off of your blood. And some of my athletes in the major leagues uh, are working with this guy and they've said that it's been incredible in terms of how good they feel because of the way they've changed their diet and they're eliminating you know, uh, iron from their, from, their, from their blood and they're raising free testosterone and things like that. And when I was on the call with this guy, I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing where I stop taking caffeine. Like, does caffeine have any negative side effects? And he's like, well, it depends on what you're taking. I'm like, well, I'm taking about a thousand milligrams a day. And he starts laughing and he's like, well, a cup of coffee is 80 to a hundred. And I would say if you're taking two cups of coffee a day, it's not that bad, but you've been doing a thousand. That's a lot because that's about five times what I'd recommend someone does. How long have you been doing it? I said about three years. And he's like, well, what's your testosterone level? And I pulled up a blood sample I'd gotten from September of 2019. So it's a little bit old, but I was still in the caffeine game then. And he goes, you realize that there's a zone that they give you and they give you a zone from what bottom to top range should be because you're in about the middle. Because if you want to be optimal performance, optimal human performance, he goes, you need to be pushing the top range of that or be outside of that top range. He goes, this is general population. You want to be an athlete. You need to be as high as you can. He goes, by all the caffeine that you're taking. And then he went down the rabbit hole of all the science of what it's all doing. He says, the next time you go down that hole, 
or he goes the next, he goes, when you're taking all that caffeine, this is what's happening. And it's basically capping your ability to create free testosterone at a halfway point. And I was like, okay, that's enough for me to say, I need to, to make some changes to the diet here and improve sleep hygiene, et cetera. So I'm going to, I'm going to play with it, man, and see how it goes, you know? Um, but I'll tell you, I'm three days in and I, I feel as energetic as I do when I'm taking all the caffeine. It's, it's Kaner, Kaner, isn't, Kaner, isn't the real question, and I'm just throwing this out to you, isn't the real question, why are you tired during the day? Like, you, you, and you talked about your sleep, like, like it, what about, like, is it because you're not sleeping good? Like, why do you need to take yeah. a caffeine? I, 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 can't, I, I don't think there's a reason case. I think it was just habitual. Like, I think I just, yeah. I have my, I have my morning supplements and I got caffeine pills there. So I take 400 milligrams there. My wife makes coffee. She gives me a cup. I drink it. There's 500. I drink a bang during the day. Cause I like it. And I like to drink bang when I'm on calls and go bang. And now I'm at 800 milligrams, you know, yeah. and then I'll have another, I'll have another bang or another coffee during the day. Cause the, cause what happens is then now you start getting the crash. And as soon as I start yeah. getting the crash, I go, Hey, give me the caffeine. Instead of going, Hey, I start making the crash. Let me go on a run or, Hey, I start feeling the crash. Let me just go, Hey man, have a harder mindset and bring more energy because you get the damn choice to bring more energy. I can bring more energy just by hitting the damn button right there going, bring more energy, bring more energy, bring more energy. I don't need a damn supplement to do that. I just need a harder mindset to do that. Well, I like that. I like that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so. I want to yeah. be, I want to be reliant on myself and I want yeah. athletes to be reliant on themselves. And it comes back to something. I think it was, I think it was you case. Maybe it was Zach that said, you got to be the best mental performance coach. You got to be the best mental performance coach you've ever had. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm saying, okay, for this month, like, don't get me wrong. I love caffeine. I love sitting down and having, having a cocktail with my friends. But for one month, I can sit there and go, I'm going on a one month test. I'm going on a one month test of accountability. My process, let's tighten it up. In my energy, let's dial in the sleep. Let's 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 create really good routines. Let's just see if I can reach optimal performance. And on that note, Mayor, thank you for being here. Zach, thank you for being here. Chad and Bernsey, thanks for jumping in. Until next week with coffee with Kane and Casey. Make sure that you know what your one word focus is as we charge in here to quarter two. Make sure you know that every day is opening day and be the best mental performance coach you've ever had. Dominate the day. Awesome. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. This is Brian Kane, and I would love for you to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. I'd also love to engage with you directly on social media. So please reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. And then make sure you head over to BrianKane.com and check out some of our articles on our blog, some of our videos. And if you're a coach looking to master mental performance and up your game so you can help your clients get the results they've been looking for check out my mental performance mastery coaches certification where we teach you about the mindset routines and habits that your clients need to get the results they've been looking for if you're an athlete or a performer listening to this podcast head over to briancane.com and click on athletes check out my 30 days to mental performance mastery for athletes program where i walk you through and coach you virtually to help you master the mental game and give yourself the best chance for success thanks for being with us here on the podcast Let's dominate the day.